0: Hallelujah. So tonight, amen, I want to speak to you about your love life. Yeah, 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 about your love life. Amen. And you might be looking at me tonight going, you know nothing about my love life. Or I don't have a love life. But every one of us in here does have a love life, believe it or not. Maybe not the kind of love life you want. But, anyways. <laughs> every one of us have a love life amen so I'm talking about your love life the love life that God has put inside of us amen and spoken to us about and commanded us to walk in so every one of us has a love life and you might say I know nothing about your love life but I know a lot more about your love life than you know amen Um, You know, and I just wanted to just to give a shout out to my son, Josh. Josh has also been working really hard beside his father, just digging plumbing ditches, right? Yeah, he's he's, he's like a small bull. (laughs) Papa's the big bull and Josh is like a small bull and just get out there and just dig and dig and dig and do plumbing work. So Josh, I'm proud of you. Josh has done great beside his father. Amen. So let's go to John 13, 34. Amen. We're going to start here. And John 13, 34 and 35, I'm so excited about what I'm going to be sharing with you tonight because God has been teaching me a lot over the last quite a few years and then through prayer and through me dealing with stories of people. And I want to tell you a few stories tonight, so I'm going to have to be careful because stories help. You remember sometimes, I think, the sermon and maybe helps you relate. So, if you're here tonight and you're listening to me, um, I would strongly suggest that you get this CD or you somehow uh, direct someone to the website once it gets on SoundCloud because uh, your family members and your friends and people that you love. Uh, really could benefit by this sermon. And and if you'll take heed and take heart to this, you will find amazing recoveries and discoveries of your own love life and your own health and everything else. Amen? John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Well, what does that look like, as I have loved you? How does Jesus love you? He laid down his life for you. Well, you might look at me and say, well, he's up in heaven with God. He didn't give up much. He's still in the same place, back to the same place that he was. You know, that was a question I had in my own heart years ago as a young person. Like, he didn't give up much. I mean, he, he died on the cross. He went to hell. Praise God. I wasn't trying to minimalize that. But I'm like, he's doing great. He's back in the same position. He didn't, like, give up his life and never appear again. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes my, my, my mind goes in weird Weird sectors, but but, anyways, the Lord spoke to me because I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, I was just like, What did He, you know, He did this for me, but He's He's good, everything's good. Um, so He said, But I forever will have a body like humans, except it will be a divine body, and I will forever hold the scars on this body that show what I did. I didn't have to come down. I had to come down, but I could have said no. What if he had said no? I don't even want to think about if he, him and his father had negotiated and said, I really don't want to do this. It was tough for him, but he'll forever bear the scars, the marks, the holes, right? And in a body, even though it's a divine body like ours, Amen, he gave everything. That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. That's unconditionally, right? By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another, verse 35. So here begins our our trip tonight. And I'm getting ready to take you to John 14. I might. Uh, I just started in John 13. If you if you could read John 14, 15, 16, and 17, I believe you could stay there for a whole year if you would just read John 14, 15, 16, and 17. In those four chapters, it tells you about the love of God. It tells you about how if you walk in the love of God and you keep His commandments, how He'll answer all your prayers and His Father will love you and He'll manifest. It's just this, these four chapters are amazing. And the glory of God that he wants to put on your life, that he has given you, and what you can walk in in these four chapters, 14, 15, 16, and 17. And it also gives you such a wonderful understanding of a part in the working of the Holy Spirit in you. So let's go to John 14, uh, 15 through 27. So I'm going to read this and stop here and there as I need to. Amen. So here we go. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Isn't it interesting that he goes from if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And we've already been through this where pastors talked about people say, I love him. I love God. I love God but they don't keep his commandments. You might want to question whether they really love God or not. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then, and, he's continuing the sentence, is a conjunction. We learned this in English. He's not done talking. And, if you love me, keep my commandments. Could you turn that screen on on the back wall, please? That would be awesome. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father and I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. So God is now, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you a helper that will abide with you forever. That's going to help you love me and keep my commandments. Amen. So he's combining love and the work of the Holy Spirit because the work of the Holy Spirit is the only way that you can love like Jesus loved. If you do not have the Holy Spirit in you, it's impossible to love like he loved. So he's going to send you a helper. Amen? So let's go on down. So we go, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, but I will come to you. So then he goes on and says, you know, a little while, you won't see him anymore, on and on. So verse 21, let's go to verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father. He who loves me, Jesus, will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So now listen to this. This is, a, this is awesome. Well, let's go on, and, and I'm going to come back. Verse 22. Judas said, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So Jesus said that, you know what? He doesn't manifest himself to everybody, but he manifests himself to those who keep his word because he says that you love me if you keep my word. And another scripture says, now the Father's going to love you as much as he loves me because you love me. So the Father loves you because you love Jesus. Amen? Amen. So if you've accepted Jesus, then the Father has accepted that. Amen. Amen? So then it says that, if you love me and you'll, you'll keep my word, my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So how if you can just imagine God and Jesus setting up camp in your home. What was, what was that plaque years ago that says, he's the unseen guest at every meal? You know, well, he may not be at your meal, but if you're in love and you're walking in love, the God kind of love, he said he's going to set up shop he's going to set up camp with you. He's going to make his abode with you. And in verse 21, if you'll just go back there, Shantae, I love this. And the Lord spoke this to me the other day. It says, he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Listen, this is really important. We all have Jesus in our heart, probably in this room. I, I hope I'm I hope that's true. We all have Jesus in our heart. We've accepted him. We confessed him as Lord. We asked him into our heart. We're on our way to heaven. Woo-hoo. But it says that if you keep my commandments, that is the person who loves me. Then he'll be loved by the Father. And he says, I'm going to love him. And he loves everybody. But he's going to love him and manifest myself to him. The Lord spoke to me and said, every person needs the manifested presence of God in their home, in their affairs, in their circumstances, and in their life. We all may have Jesus inside of us, but we do not all have the manifested. That means something that can be seen, something, an outworking. That's what a manifestation is, an outworking of something that you can actually see with your senses and he said everybody needs the man of my manifested presence in their home and in their life and in their circumstances and in their affairs and he says this is where it starts it starts with you loving me by loving my word two commandments Jesus gave us only two Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Am I missing something? And love your neighbor as you love yourself. So how do you love God with your soul? I know you can love him with your heart. But how do you love him with your soul and your mind? By choosing to think God thoughts. By choosing to take the word of God and put them on the thoughts that you think. By choosing to let the word of God dominate and rule your emotions. He didn't say just love me with your spirit. He said love me with your soul. Love me with your mind. That means what are you thinking about? What are you letting dominate your thought patterns and your life? He wants you to love him with the word of God on your soul, your emotions, and your body. How do you love, your, how do you love God with your body? By things you do, by where, places you go, by things you allow yourself to see or not to see, by actions that you take with your body. Because your body's not moving without your, your control center. And, um, you know, your control center and your body work together. So Jesus only gave us two commandments. And then if you, got, if you got the God thing down, loving God with all those facets of your life, then he said, now love your neighbors yourself. So however you would like someone to treat you, you're going to treat everybody else. Amen. So one time the Lord, um, one time... <laughs> Someone made me really upset, and I forgave them by faith, (laughs) right? And, you know, that's where you start. Sometimes that's just where you start. Lord, I know I need to forgive, and I forgave them by faith. I said, okay, Lord, I do not feel any different. You know, this really hurt me, whatever. Um, (laughs) I'm really mad, but I just forgive them by faith because I need to forgive, right? So that's where I started. And then I said, Lord, is it okay if I don't talk to them for a while? Well, you know, if you're going to get into sin and run your mouth, you probably do need to go away for a little while. But that wasn't this situation. It was just, you know, I'd really rather not talk to them or acknowledge them for a while. And Jesus came right back to me, or the Holy Spirit said, is that how you want me to treat you? When you sin and you come to me and you confess the sin, do you want to, 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 to jump right back in my arms and everything to be good? to go like as if you had never done it. We're good again. I said, yes, I do. He says, "Then do it to the other person. It's done. It's over. It's history. It's in the past. You've forgiven them. If you want to jump back into my arms and I'm good with you, I love you. I take you. I mean, the minute we repent of sin, we want God to be like, it's as if we've never done it. We want to be close. We want to be tight, we want to be good, and that we want that fellowship restored, then don't do that to somebody else. Don't do it to someone else. Just say, it's done. It's done. You know, forgive them. Forgive them. It may be hard, but guess what? The, the Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. If you don't feel loving or lovely, you start saying, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. I have the ability to love. I have the ability to love. It's already in me. I don't have to conjure it up. I don't have to work it up. I don't have to pray it up. It's just there. And so now I'm going to let it come out. Amen? So it's like... Being healed, believing for your healing. No, you are healed. It was done for you. Legally, it's yours. And and now your faith is gonna take it from the spirit realm into that physical realm to where it actually manifests into your body. But even with the love of God is the same way. It's there. He said it's in your heart. And so you say, it's in my heart. I have the ability to love because everything runs out of the control center, really of the spirit, if you let the spirit dominate and control your being. Amen? All right, so I lost place where I was. I got off on a a, a Daryl Morgan rabbit trail. Amen. (laughs) Anyways, where I left off was the Lord said everybody in this place, everybody that's a son and a daughter needs the manifested presence of God in their life. If you don't have that, then you're not doing His word. You're not doing His word. You don't love Him like He needs. Like He's saying, He's at least saying you don't love Him. Amen? So that's how it begins. I was telling my husband the other day, I said, there are people, and I'm probably jumping the gun. He said, I said, there are people that I have met before. Maybe they don't know everything there is to know about faith. Maybe they're a really baby Christian. Maybe they're not in certain areas. Let's talk about Billy Graham, man. He lived to be like, what, 96 or 98? Mm -hmm. He didn't ever preach healing. He, He didn't preach any of that. He preached salvation, but he was one of the most loving evangelists that I have never, ever known in my life. He walked in impeccable honor for God's word. He always did what was right. He was such incredible, impeccable, you know, integrity and character of a man, and he loved people, and he lived in 96. Okay, well, maybe he didn't know all of our healing scriptures. Well, what good is healing scriptures if you don't walk in love? Amen. Amen. What good is it? And guess what? You're going to get an eye opener here tonight if you haven't already got one. Romans thirteen eight through 18. Let's go there. I love this passage of Scripture, and I need a drink. Okay, remember, we're talking about your love life because you do have one. It may not be in the greatest shape, but you do have one. So 8, let's see, where am I? 13, 8 through 18. I'm at Romans 8. Well, that's just wrong. It's not the right place. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. If there's any other commandment, all are summed up, you don't have to memorize them all. Right. All are summed up, even the ones that says, do not forsake the assembly, and you shall keep the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. You're loving God when you keep the Sabbath. Yeah. When you're taking that time and setting it aside just for God, undistracted, you're loving him. So it says that it all sums up in this one saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Keep on going. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love does no harm to a neighbor. So, if Tiffany's my neighbor, right? If I love her, if I love Tiffany, am I going to steal from her? No, No, I'm not. Am I going to murder her if I love her? No. No. See, here's the thing. Love is summed up in this. Right, The Ten Commandments are summed up, you'll love your neighbor as yourself. If you love them, you won't kill them, you won't steal from them, you won't commit adultery, you won't do all these things. If you love God, you'll honor him. So all you have to do is think of those two things. Love God with all my heart, soul, mind, strength, Mm -hmm. and love my neighbor as myself. Here is what you need to think about before you get ready to do anything two things. Number one, is this going to glorify God or hurt him? Number two, is this going to hurt my fellow man in any way? Answer those questions each time and you'll be good. The action that I'm about to perform, is it going to dishonor God Spirit, soul, mind, strength, body. And is it going to hurt my neighbor? And or is it going to hurt my neighbor in any way? To their ill. Love does no ill, the King James Version says, to my neighbor. If you can ask yourself those two questions each time you do something, then just that, that will be an easy answer. Amen? All right, so let's go on. Ephesians 4.31 Now we're just going to go down a a little avenue or river here, Ephesians 4.31. Let's talk about bitterness. You ready? I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but you're going to really love what I'm about to come up with because I'm going to read something that the doctors have said. And since you guys respect doctors, I figure you'd like to hear from them, okay? Some people respect doctors more than they do the, the, the Word of God. All right, so it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, verse 30, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31 Let all bitterness, wrath, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, hatred. Okay, that's what that is. And be kind to one another, tender hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Therefore, imitate God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself to us as an offering and a sacrifice. Right? A sweet-smelling aroma. So, one time I asked the Lord... uh, (laughs) I had forgiven someone, I thought. I just kept being patient and patient and patient and patient. And he directed me to this verse and 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love suffers long and is kind. He says love suffers. Love suffers. Love suffers. And while it's suffering, it is kind. It is difficult when you suffer sometimes on a daily or weekly basis because something is in your face all the time that you're having to deal with those details. that They just don't go away. Amen? Amen. And so he said, while love is suffering or being patient, it is kind. Amen. Amen. And so that's really something important. You cannot truly forgive somebody and walk in love with someone without showing kindness to them. Uh, we're not talking about showing agreement. We're not talking that sometimes you may need to confront. You might need to communicate things, okay? I'm not talking about just walk away and go just be kind and sweet. That's what we're not talking about. We're just saying do things in a spirit of love. You might have to communicate in a spirit of love. Say what you need to say and then be done with it, mm-hmm. amen? But love is patient, and while it's patient, it's being kind, yes. amen, so that's something that you really need to remember in that. So let's talk about bitterness for a minute. I'm going to tell you a couple stories. Some are sad, some aren't. But let's talk about it for a minute. I'm going to read these really fast. They're not on the screen, so Shante, don't try to go to them. As lightning quick and fast as your hands are, don't even worry about it. Hebrews 12, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, Pastor talking about Grace Sunday. It was awesome, wasn't it? How the grace of God—he, you know—you resist uh, God, resist the proud, but gives grace to the humble. But it says, "See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God; that no root of bitterness would spring up and cause trouble, and by it many become defiled. Bitterness springing up always causes trouble." Always always bitterness and the root of bitterness springing up. Everybody say always causes trouble, always causes trouble. bodily, bodily. And, mentally. and mentally in every way. All right. Amen. We already read Ephesians four acts eight twenty three. Listen to this. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Ooh, I read that and said, what in the world? So another translation said, I see that you have been poisoned by bitterness. You know what the gall of bitterness is? It's referring to the gallbladder, okay? So in the liver, the liver makes bile. Bile's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It helps you digest properly. I didn't say bowel, I said bile, B-I-L-E. So it's this dark greenish, brownish, yellowish fluid that is super, super bitter. So if you're dry heaving over a boat in the ocean and you have no food in your stomach, you are dry heaving bile. All those digestive, you have nothing to throw up. The food is not there. So now you're throwing up that horrible, sour, yellow, green bile fluid to help you digest food and it is so sour that it it burns your nose it burns your throat you need it's horrible it burns your esophagus you need water you need Gatorade you just need something really fast ask me i know cuz i did it so so but but here in acts it says i see that you are in the gall of bitterness what that means is that you're in the very bitter center of bitterness so there's bitterness and then there's the bitter center and that's what it's referring to, the gall. So once the liver makes that bile, a little science, once it makes that bile, helps you digest, then the rest of it's dumped into your gallbladder. So that's why, that's why it says gall there is talking about that sour, bitter feel, okay? So that's what Paul was saying. He says, you are caught up in the gall, the sourness, the very bitter center of bitterness, You have been poisoned by bitterness is what he says. Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Matthew 6.24 and 25, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither can your or will your father forgive your trespasses. If you don't forgive people that have sinned against you, listen, listen, You do not have a justifiable right to be bitter. The person that did something against you, they may be totally 80 to 100% in the wrong. They may have done you wrong. This is not you just being bad to someone. someone. This is your bitterness and resentment from something that they did that hurt you. And normally, usually it's someone you love. Usually it's someone you love. Or it wouldn't have hurt you that much. And so he said, if you don't forgive them, he can't forgive you. That's a big deal. Colossians 3, bearing with one another. And if, and if one has a complaint against another, it might be a viable complaint. You, you might have a good reason that you have a complaint against someone. They may be doing something wrong against you. He said, forgive them. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Proverbs 20 Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will deliver you. Do not say, I'm going to get them back. Do not say, I'm going to let them have a piece of my mind. Do not say, I'm going to tell them off. Do not say, I'm going to get them. Listen, people do it silently too. Listen to me. It's a silent treatment. I ain't talking to them. It's a type of repayment. You know, sometimes you don't need to talk to him at that point. But, but if you continue to be silent and give him the cold shoulder, you are repaying evil for evil. Yeah. Amen. He said, do not say, I'm going to repay that. Wait for the Lord and he will deliver you. James 3, this is my last one on bitterness. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion. Where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Listen, there's times you need to communicate. But the minute it gets into back and forth, fighting and striving, just walk away and pray. Just walk away and pray because in the middle of constant fighting and envy and strife, there is always confusion and every evil work abounds. And my husband has said this and he's probably said this in a sermon. I'm sure he has. He said, you cannot uh, control or what do you call? You cannot control where a pig goes in your house. If you know anything about a pig or a hog, if you let a pig or hog in your house and say, I want you just to stay in the kitchen, and you put those baby gates up or whatever, it is inbred in them. They will get through that. They will root up everything. They will tear up your couch. They will go into every room. They will go into every room and root. So, so the devil's kind of like a pig. If you open the door, if you just open the door with strife and envy, He kicks it wide open. You can't say, you know what? I'm just going to let this part of my life slide a little here, but the rest of it I'll keep guarded. And I won't let him in this part of me, but I will let him in this part of me. No, when you open the door in any area to envy and to strife, to sin, he sticks that foot in there. And he starts and goes into your bedroom, into your bathroom, into your master bedroom, into your closets. He goes into every area. He kicks the door wide open and he goes into places that you can't control. So keep the door shut. Just keep the door shut. Just keep it shut. Say less and pray more. Say less and pray more. Sometimes you need to walk away and just pray. And so what about people that are in your life every day that you're dealing with, details of life? You can't just set them over in Antarctica and go, (laughs) out of sight, out of mind. No, you can't do that. But you know what? (laughs) Sometimes you want to do that. But the, the thing is, is that the Lord... That's why the Holy Spirit, and we're going to read this in the end, that's why the Holy Spirit says he's our helper. He helps us each day in the details of these things in our life on how to deal productively with these situations. But I'm telling you right now. You can laugh in the face of the devil. And if you don't know what to do. You can say praise God. Hallelujah. I might not know what to do right at this moment. But I'm telling you right now. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to praise and the Holy One. Who is my helper. Is showing me what to do. In these details. He's showing me where to go. How to do. What to do. What to say. Amen. But keep your heart in love. Yes. Just keep your heart. I'm not going to say that, I, I, I can't say that you won't be frustrated. I can't say that you might lose your temper, but just come back as quickly as possible and go praise God. Amen. I just forgive them. Lord, you're helping me work through this. You love them. I love them. I'm going to pray for them. Yes. Amen? Amen. Okay. That's how that works. And while you're doing that, be kind. Everybody say be kind. Yes. All right. So let me, let me just read this to you. Because you guys just wanted to know about cancer, didn't you? Mm. So I'm getting ready to read you an article by a doctor. It's not long. It's not long. But let me, let me tell you what cancer basically is in the simplest form. It's one of two things that I'm to understand. Did I lose myself? It's one of two things of what I'm to understand. You know in your body that your cells replenish themselves for growth and repair. It's it's how God made us, right? Mm -hmm. So cancer is one of these two things. It is abnormal cells that are constantly replenishing and taking over, right, faster than boots on the ground can destroy. Mm -hmm. So you've got fighter cells, attacker cells, Things like that. So it's one of two things. It's a normal cell replenishing way too much too fast, or it's an abnormal cell replenishing faster than the attacker cells. Okay? So what it really is is this just an imbalance. It's an imbalance in the system of some kind. Sometimes it's just a cell that's not abnormal, but it's just replenishing and dividing way too quick. And the attacker and the immune system cannot keep up with it because it's getting out of control. And then what it does is because it's getting too, too much in the bloodstream, it's forming a tumor, a tumor, and then, it, and then it starts releasing stuff that it shouldn't release, et cetera, et cetera. I won't go into the scientific because you don't need to know that. So, but, but just so you understand that, someone said, I, I don't know, someone said that everybody has canc- some cancerous cells in their body. I, I, I don't know. I know that God made our bodies in the perfection that they should be, and he made a balance, and he made us a certain way, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And let me just say this, and I know I'm, I'm hitting my punchline maybe before the time, but he just keeps bringing it to me. God made our bodies to function a certain way. The God of love made our bodies, not the God of hate. The God of love made our bodies and designed them to function a certain way. So our bodies respond the best to love and in love Mm -hmm. because that's how God set it up. He's our creator. Anything where you walk outside of love, you're sending signals to your body that are foreign. They're foreign and they fight against the way love designed it. Does that make sense? So a step out of God is a step out of love and a step out of health. It's how your maker made you. You know, if you have a problem with that, you need to go talk to him. But he has a certain way. He set it all up to flow. And as long as you do it and walk in his love, love made you. Love designed you. Love set up all the functions. And if you step out of love, you just invite darkness in. Yes. Yes. And then imbalance. That, that's all. It's a simple way. So let me read this. This is by a doctor, written by a doctor from the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The biggest specialized place in America for cancer, headquarters in Chicago, Atlanta, Philadelphia, and Tulsa. Philadelphia and Tulsa. There's only four. Chicago is the hub. So, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Dr. Stephen Stanford, chief. He's not just a corporal or a private. He's the chief of surgery at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, CTCA, Refusing to forgive, he said, makes people sick and keeps them that way. With that in mind, now they have what's called at CTCA, forgiveness therapy. It is now being used at Cancer Treatment Centers of America to help treat diseases such as cancer. He said this, it's important to treat emotional wounds or disorders because they can really hinder someone's reactions even to the treatments. Even someone's willingness to even pursue treatment. Stanford explained. So if they don't get those emotional disorders rectified and those wounds, the person receiving the treatment, it's still blocking even the chemo and the radiation. Mm -hmm. Nothing can stand up to, to, to that, you know, even, even if, you f- if you refuse to get those things settled in your soul, then nothing can help you. Mm-hmm. And that's what they found out. Of all cancer patients, 61% have forgiveness issues. And of those, more than half are severe. According to research by Dr. Michael Berry, a pastor and the author of the book called The Forgiveness Project harboring these negative emotions, this anger and hatred, and I'm going to add supreme sadness and hopelessness, creates in a person a state of chronic anxiety. And here's how it works. Here's how it works. Chronic anxiety very predictably produces excess adrenaline. I know that by, by fact. I know it by fact. Me. I'm standing here today. I'm not bed fast anymore. I was bed fast almost for three months. Didn't have cancer, but you you can just write all the diseases. Respond to this, okay? Harboring these negative emotions, this anger and hatred, fear, sadness, fear, creates a state of chronic anxiety. Chronic anxiety produces excess adrenaline and cortisol in your blood. Which depletes the production of your natural killer cells, which are the body's foot soldiers in the fight against cancer. And I'm going to say against any disease. So too much cortisol and adrenaline being pumped into your bloodstream by negative emotions kills off your attacker cells, boots on the ground. Barry said the first step in learning to forgive is to realize how much we have been forgiven by God. When a person forgives from the heart, which is the gold standard that we see in Matthew 18, forgiveness from the heart, we find that they are able to find a sense of peacefulness. Quite often, our patients refer to that as a feeling of lightness. When they're able to get through to a patient and help heal those emotional wounds and disorders and they forgive, sometimes they need to forgive themselves for whom they think they have made a big mistake in their life and there's no recovery. They just hate themselves and keep bombarding themselves with that. Quite often, our patients now refer to that as, I feel so light. Barry said, most people don't realize what a burden, anger, and hatred, sadness, chronic anxiety were until they let them go. I added a couple of those, but it all is in the same form. So, I read that because that's written on the Cancer Treatment Centers of America site. First John 1 John 1.5. Don't need to go there, but I'm going to quote it to you. God is light. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. Who's in you? God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And then it says if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Do you mind turning the fan on maybe? Just that Maybe someone turned the fan off. I, I don't know. Um, it, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So guess what? If God is light, in him is no darkness at all, and it says we can walk in the light even as he is in the light, if there's no darkness at all, then there's possibility that there can not be any darkness in you. If you walk in the light like God's walking in the light, who's in you? God is in you. Jesus, the, the Holy Spirit is in you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that life-giving Spirit, He dwells in you, and He will now quicken and make alive your mortal body. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Therefore, glorify God in your body. Isaiah 12 3 says, Therefore, with joy I will draw water out of the wells of salvation. Oh, with sadness I'll draw water. No, the only way that you're gonna get that life-giving rivers to flow in you, you're gonna to have to draw them out with joy. And the scripture before that in Isaiah 12 2 says, He is my strength. I will not fear, I will not be afraid, I will cast. You know, he just they, you keep telling i got to read that. Man, put that up there. Isaiah 12, 2. Can you go to that on the fly, girl? If, if not, I'm going to read it because God won't get me off of it. Okay. Oh, Lord, in that day you will say, oh, Lord, I will praise you. This is Israel talking. But, hey, we're Jews at heart. Though you were angry with me, your anger's turned away. You comfort me. Behold now, verse 2, God, Isaiah 12, 2. Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, now God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Therefore, now with joy, I will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day, you'll say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his deeds among the people. Make mention that his name is is exalted. Sing to the Lord now, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Therefore, with joy, I'll draw water. Did you know if chronic anxiety and fear, hatred, unforge- all of that, that creates those, those irregular cells, I read to you what those canc- what cancer cells are. If that creates all that, kills off the attackers, well, what would the opposite of that do? What would joy do? Joy is the opposite of melancholiness. It's the opposite of extreme sadness. It's the opposite of fear. It's the opposite of all of that. What would the counterpart be to that? So if you start just, ha, 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 praise God. You're my strength. You're my song. You're my love. You've done great things, man. Man, you are just putting all kinds of attacker boots back on the ground inside your body. You need some fighting cells in there. You need that balance. Bring the balance back. You can do it just like I said. You can start praising God. He said the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. You know what that verse is saying? It says that his manifested presence sets up camp in the middle of people praising him. So if you don't know what to do and you're frustrated and you're hurt and you're this and you're that and your emotions are on a roller coaster, just shut up, put up, and put your hands up and just start praising God. Uh, That's my simplest answer. Uh, You may not have all the answers, but the Holy One inside you does. And He's your helper. So let's go there. Where's my notes? <laughs> Shut up and put up. <laughs> put those hands up. That's what I meant to say anyways. We got it. All right, you got it. Here we go. John, First John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested outward working. You can see it towards us that God sent his only begotten son into the world. That's something we saw. That's something that's documented. That's something that really happened. He sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him, not die. That we might die and not, and not live out our days and live out our destiny. That's not what it says. It says that we might live through him. With long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loves us or loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has seen God in any time. And now he's getting ready to tell you how you can see God. He says, no one's seen him at any time. And now here's the answer. This is how you're going to see him. If we love one another. God now abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. You know how to have perfect love in you? He just, he just said, if you love one another. He says, I'll perf- your, my love is perfected in you. He didn't say it's perfected in you when you know all the Bible and you can quote every scripture and you have all faith to move all mountains. 1 Corinthians 13 says you could have faith to move all mountains. But if you have not love, it's nothing. I know we're a faith church, but that's not my sermon tonight. I'm quoting you the word. 1 Corinthians 13 says, you can have faith to move all mountains. You can give all your goods to the poor. You can be the most generous giver. We believe in that. But he says, if you don't have love, you're nothing. You're nothing. I got to tell, tell on me. I got to tell on me. I was struggling with something. This is just a couple months ago. I was really struggling with something. Something stupid, but it was something big to me. I went to sleep. And it was a Sunday afternoon. That long Sunday afternoon nap. And I woke up to a gong. You know what the sound of a gong? Gong, gong. I mean, and I was awake and I was like, what is that? It can't be my neighbor's little, you know, little Chinese things that go ding-ling ling-ling in the wind with the little butterflies and the ching chong chong chong. It wasn't that. It wasn't that sound. It was just gong. Gong and I was awake and I was listening but I was still half asleep. Like, where's that coming from? Is it the neighbors? Are they having a party? And it was like gong, someone hitting a big old big gong. Boom. Boo. And I'm just like, well maybe it's my husband's breathing or something. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just so odd. <laughs> it was just a weird thing, but it was a gong. And I finally, I was fully awake now. He was gone. He was, I think he was out of the room. He was gone. He, he's already up, out of bed. So it couldn't have been him. So the Lord, the Lord showed me. He said, you've become if, you, if you're not love, So I knew exactly what, it, what, he, what he was showing me. He's like, you become like a clanging brass symbol. He says, I want you to make this adjustment quickly. You know, whatever it was, it was just bugging me. It just kept bugging me and kept bugging me. And he's like, gong. That was in my dreams. And then it woke me up. And He's like, you become like a clanging brass. And I woke up and I listened for the sound and it was gone. Man, if you, if you seek God with all your heart and you seek after him, he will do crazy, weird, wonderful things for you. I mean, he'll answer you and help you. Even when you kind of start to get off, he'll just help you because you're of your heart. Amen? Of your heart. So don't, don't have a gong dream like I did. <laughs> Amen. All right. John 16, 7 through 14. We're going to bring this all back down to the Holy Spirit. Amen? I was going to preach on the Holy Spirit tonight, but he said, go go for love. I said, okay, I will. You know, I went over to this woman's house years ago. She was a sweet woman. Let me tell you something, people. This woman was a sweet woman. No, I didn't know all the details of her life, but she came to church every Sunday. She's up here in the prayer line every Sunday. She's worshiping God. She was a worshiper. She worshipped God during the praise and worship. She's dying with cancer. Jill and I went over to see her. Man, I remember her face. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, I was early new in all of this. I was only probably five, six years into pastoring with my husband. I said, I said what's going on? Jill and I, we talked about forgiveness because we'd heard the sermons preached. And she said, we said, is there anyone in your life that you haven't forgiven? Someone that's just really hurt you? You know, and she said, "I think so. I think I'm good." And then she wasn't good. She's like, "My ex-husband, he's ruined my daughter's lives." And she just spilled out all the stuff. And he was bad. Okay, he was bad. Probably. I mean, I, he's not in the room defending himself, but he took him out dancing. He, he 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 showed them the world. And they've always been in church with her. She says he she it just it just broke her. She's like. She, she, he, he's not, he's carrying him to hell. You know, she was just like, I hate him. I just hate him for that. Can you understand her, her sadness and her, not her, her sadness. She's like, I hate him for that. He's taken my daughters away. I love them. They were so, we were so close. And now there's, you know, they're with him and then they're with me. And now he's turned them against me and they don't want to come be with me. They were still young. They were in their teenage years, under age of 18 having letting them do things and drink she's broken by it i hate him for that i just hate him for taking my kids to hell i mean i said you have to forgive him i'm not saying it's okay what he's doing but we're we're going to pray we're going to ask god to move that they would have a visitation from god you know She's like, I can't forgive him. I can't. He has hurt me so. He has hurt my daughters. She died two days later. I mean, she's sitting in a chair in her living room talking to me with energy. I hate him. I hate him. I just hate him. And she's weeping. And I'm like, let's, let's forgive him. It's not okay. Don't repay evil. God says vengeance is mine. He'll take care of it. He'll heal your broken heart. He'll bring your daughters back. Jill and I beckoned with her. We pleaded with her. Just give, just give God a chance to mend this. And then she turned on herself. How could I have made such a dumb decision? You know, that's what they do. Turn on, you know. But she was in the right. But she's in. But she's dead, and he's still alive. Poison. It's poison. Bitterness poisons you. I talked to another person just recently. Sad. So sad. Mostly, I would say she's in the right. Yeah. I heard her story. I said, can you fix him? Can you? No. Who can you fix? You can fix you. You can fix you. You can fix you. Can't fix him, but you can fix you. But this is happening and he's doing this. It's breaking my heart. You can fix you. If God is for you, who can be against you? And then I quoted to her the scripture. Cast all your care on him, for he cares for you. What does that mean? I went to the, the Lord said, look up the definition. Here it is. Cast, the care. Cast means to throw. Throw it away. And care means the provision for. Boy, it starts out really good. This is in your Webster's Dictionary. This is not some kind of a spiritual, religious definition. Go to your Google. I just Googled care. The provision for what is necessary for the health, the well-being, the welfare and the safekeeping of a situation or a person. God said, cast the care of it on me, for I now am taking provision for your care, your well-being, your welfare, your safety, and really the synonym for that is putting them in God's custody. Put them in God's custody. Man, you put someone in God's custody, that's the best custody ever. Amen. That's the best custody. That's what the synonym for care is. Safekeeping in someone else's putting in someone's charge. I'm putting God's control. That's what we mean by let God take control. (laughs) We (laughs) we do need to let God take control because we like to control. We we mean well. We want to. We I I like to control. I want to control and make everybody right, everything right. Everybody, you know, at Thanksgiving, that perfect little hallmark, which is not so perfect. But, you know, but that's witchcraft. If I could control someone, that's witchcraft. So it comes in, it comes in handy when you're running a, a large organization, you know, but you can't control people and their decisions that they make. But you can give them to God, and he said there's provision He said, if you'll cast the care, he didn't just say cast the care away. He said, cast the care on him. So you're putting the provision for what's necessary for their well-being, their welfare, their maintenance, their safekeeping, putting them, he said, on him. Put them in my custody because now I want to put you in my custody because I want to take care of you. Does that make sense? So that's why... That's why you can walk in love because you have the cares on him and you have the Holy Ghost as your helper. And I'm just about to close. Got to read this. This is what I wanted to preach on tonight, but I am going to at least read the verse. Here we go. Verse seven. Here we go. Let me find it here so I don't have to rely on her to go as fast as I'd like to go. Anyways, nevertheless, but I know she's fast. Nevertheless, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. John 16, verse 7, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Isn't that a strange statement? Have you ever thought this? I know I'm not the only one that thought this. Lord, if I only lived in your time, if I only walked the seas of Galilee with you, if I was only on the boat and the ship with you, You could fix all this mess because I would be right there with you among the 12. I would have instant access. I would be one of your disciples. If I had only been there with you, I could have seen you in person and you could have helped out my circumstances. But Jesus said, he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. He says, I'm telling you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, I can't send the helper to you. Now, instead of Jesus monitoring 13 or you know 12 disciples, now he's got a personal helper for each one of you because he went away. So the thousands and millions and billions of Christians all get their own personal helper, Right? So if Jesus, is Jesus a liar? No. He says, I'm telling you the truth. I got to go away. It's to your advantage. Everybody say, it's to my advantage. That I'm living in the time that I'm living in. God's got this. He sent me the helper. My own personal helper. All right, let's go on. And when he has come, I don't want to read all that. That's not her fault. I have many things, verse 12, to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide Linda Webb and Paul Webb into all truth. Not just truth of the word of God, into the truth for your situation of what you need. He'll guide you into all truth. The truth of where are your keys when you leave them. The truth to where this is, where that is. The truth, he will guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So, Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. And he takes of what Jesus is. He takes, Jesus said, he'll take of what is mine. And Jesus hears stuff from the Father. And the Holy Spirit hears from Jesus. And he says, now he's going to make it known to you. So, who do you have helping you? The Holy Spirit. Amen. This is why we started out in John 13, 34, and 35. He said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right, I think I'm done. You got five minutes, honey. <laughs> Wasn't that good?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Give me a mic. i will get to You know, Lisa and I, we, we do something probably, some things I think y'all should do. We wake up, not every morning, but almost every morning and just spend time together praying over stuff. And um, we, we, we begin to talk about the people we prayed for that we could not help. And, and I'm going to share a couple of stories with you. Number one's a positive one. We, we have friends, and they don't live in Florida, They lived in another state They minister friends and her husband was very mean to her, very mean and um, the Lord got in there and turned that woman's whole circumstance around. She never got bitter. bitter. I, I never saw her angry, mad or anything and I thought, lady, your husband is a jerk and uh, she's I And you
0: like, tried well, to change him. You yeah,
1: tried to help she, him. And she, she she talked to him and he wouldn't change. Finally one day the Lord got in there and turned it all around. And today she's doing great. Amen. Now, another lady, I'm not going to tell you who she is. She doesn't live in the state of Florida. Just a minister friend of ours. And she was in the ministry. And uh, she she made some decisions and it caused her husband to die. He died early. She died of cancer six months later. Bam! Dropped kid. Because she blamed herself, mad at herself for the mistake. And and we begin to notice. And Lisa a bit and I, upset at
0: God at first. Yeah, at
1: first. And she's upset at God. and, and, and
0: Powerful woman yeah, of God.
1: I'm talking about a preacher, a, a woman, a preacher, a, a lady that goes around preaching everywhere. A a well known lady. And yet, as powerful as that woman of God was, I believe that that was the devil to kill her. And and she just would not cast the care. And and just, Father, I I screwed up and I forgive me. She carried it. There's another lady, Lisa and I, I did more than Lisa, went to the hospital. And, um, I mean, healthy woman. Just loves Jesus, vibrant, full of Jesus, loves God. And her husband did something un, very unexpected. And um, kind of like his true colors showed one day. And he started being carnal. Well, she just got bitter. And six months later, she's dead. And, and her and I talked. And I said, honey, and I'm not saying everybody but isn't it uncanny how bitterness works?
0: Poisonous.
1: It's poison.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to
1: read something, and this, this is powerful. Um, I'm in the book of James 3, 3, 3 14. If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, don't boast and lie against this truth. If you're mad and bitter and upset at people, this wisdom is not coming from above. It's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. And where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion in every evil, evil thing work. is there. Mm-hmm. Every. Every devil from hell is in that room. Isn't that amazing? So, so you know... Um, we, we talk a lot about count it all joy and get in the word and walk with God. The, these are not su- nice suggestions. No. It's life.
0: Yeah. Amen.
1: And Lisa and I have talked a lot about the fact that her and I have dealt with a lot of issues in church and family. And we've, we've chosen, and I mean, and she told you earlier, there was a time period where we were, we were going at it with each other you know, um, there were some things that she did and I got I got real, I got real mad and because I was mad. She was mad at me that I was mad and I blamed myself and, I, and finally one day I looked at her and I said, let's choose today to stop fighting.
0: Amen.
1: And we stopped. And, and I mean, you just got to make up your mind. We're just, we're gonna walk in love. And our health came back, our finances changed. I mean, there's things you can't fix them. Yeah. Faith does not work with anxiety in your heart. Faith right. will never work with anxiety in your heart. Now, so we're talking about people doing us wrong. You've got to give it to God. I don't mean that you've, you're being irresponsible. Yeah. You're not being irresponsible. Like, well, who cares? No, you're actually going, Heavenly Father, I can't fix that, so I'm going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. And, and you are doing something. So now I'm going to count it all joy and I'm going to act like the Bible's true. Now, now it doesn't mean you're acting irresponsible. Right. Well, don't you care? Jojo's sick. We care. So I'm going to tell you one last one. When Trina Hankins uh, was, was diagnosed with a brain tumor, she went to the Lord. The Lord gave her uh, a word. And Mark took her to the hospital and they wouldn't let anybody in the room with her that was going to talk unbelief.
0: But she she went laughing down the hall. When they took her to
1: surgery, she was laughing going into the surgery. (laughs) Just worshiping God and laughing Mm -hmm. and they found nothing. So laughter doeth good like a
0: medicine.
1: Yeah. So I think we should take some medicine.
0: That, that's right. Amen. Ha,
1: ha,
0: ha. Ha, 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 ha. The devil's
1: alive. Ha 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 ha, 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 ha. Ha, And I, don't you think Lisa did a good job? I'm going to say this, and I know this to be a fact. Satan has used bitterness yes. to kill a lot of people. You have to understand the weapons of your warfare. You're not in a fight with flesh and blood. You, oh, yes, it looks like it's that person. Oh, it's that person. No, it's not that person. It's the devil behind that person. That person might be ignorant. They might even be stupid. They might be all kind of stuff. But if God is for you, who can be against you? You've got to go, well, if God is for me, who could be against me? Nobody can take me out of the love of God. And Father, I forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I bless them. And I thank you that you have this in Jesus' name. And you choose to count it joy. Now, that is very spiritual.
0: It is, and very helpful. And
1: I've had people sit in church, (laughs) I say, well, let's count it all joy. And they try so hard to be spiritual, they do nothing. (laughs) I don't want to be emotional. (laughs) That's stupid. There's no such thing as inward joy. I got joy in my heart. Well, let it out. <laughs> so, so Lisa and I have chosen. There's times that I just wake up in the morning and go, I cast all my cares on the Lord. I don't have care in the world. I give it to God. And see, I'm like Lisa in this way. I, I, I try to make everything perfect. Yeah. And there's times I, I just told Lisa, I said, sometimes I talk too much. She says, yes, you do. I said, I need to leave them alone. She said, yes, you do.
0: You know, one of the things that really helps us and will help you is to make that adjustment in your heart towards you having joy and taking that good medicine is to be thankful for every good thing. So, you know, it's like the whole well story, you know, when, when the bucket is going down He's like, I'm going back down. The other bucket going, well, I'm getting ready to come back up. You know, and they're both empty. You know what I mean? So the, the truth is, is we were dealing with this project on the house the other day. It's just taken months. It's taken months, a year, a year. You know, and I won't get into any of the details, but just from stupid people. Stupid people doing stupid things. Stupidity. But, you know, we're dealing with unregenerate people who don't listen to God, and, and they're just weird. So... It's true. It's true. When you're outside of God, you can do some really weird stuff. So, you know, finally the other day I was just like, you know what? You know what? And it's hot outside and our roofers are here. And thank God for our roofers, you know. They committed to this project like back in October and said, sure, because they thought they were going to put this roof on in the winter. And now it's May, the end of May into June, and it's been a kicker out there this last couple weeks. And, you know, they, they had, they just, they're just like, oh, this is kicking our butt. This is kicking our butt. You know, and they're older, but they're really good at what they do. They're just older and they just not used to the sun. And I get it. You know what I told him the other day? Cause they drug in, they drug in around nine o'clock in the morning yesterday. And I'm like, they know, they know better than this. You know, they are hanting and panting at, at one o'clock cuz it is burning hot out there. And so I, you know, I'm like, come on you guys know better than this. And I told him the other day I said, "Hey, y'all might want to get here at 7 or 6 and work till 2 and go home." You know. But um here's what I finally said to him. I said, "You know what? I'm thankful that they kept their word. I'm thankful that they came out because they just came from a from a job big job down downtown Orlando at a theme park where the guy is just cry baby all, all day that they left every day that they come out to our house to keep their word on this little baby project. They got cry babies just, you know, blowing up their cell phones and they're working in like AC for months, months and getting out here on our hot roof (laughs) You know, and I just told them uh, over coffee, you know, I have to crank my AC down so I can drink coffee in the morning. But, you know, just say, I'm thankful that they came out. I'm thankful that we've got the trusses up. I'm thankful that they're starting to put the, we're just that much closer. Yeah. You know, you know, don't gripe and complain. Right. Don't do that. That just dumps more stuff in your body that you don't want. Be thankful. What good can you think of today? You're not dead You're not lying in a hospital. Y'all aren't. You don't have cancer. You're you're not going under chemo treatments now that are kicking your butt in the natural that you're believing God for every moment. Be thankful for every moment. Be thankful for every good thing that God's doing for you. And I'll just say this. I'll say this because these two, another minister woman all over the earth, powerful Her husband died a while back of kidney failure. I mean, this man lives with her. I mean, for years, she's this powerful woman. Well, Smith Wigglesworth could never get his daughter healed. And someone asked him about it. He rose, what, 38 people from the dead? And they asked, why can't you? They'd made fun of him. You get all these people raised from the dead. Why can't you get your own daughter healed? And he just looked at him and said, Because she has no faith. Maybe God requires some things out of people who are in that presence all the time of power and of God, and they have that availability when someone else doesn't. But this woman's husband died. She was brokenhearted about it, of course. Her best friend loved him, you know, loves him still, went on to heaven. But she didn't get bitter at God or anything like that, you know, she took a little bit of time off, but she's just back kicking it out in the world again, you know, just preaching the gospel and just going on. So there's a difference between woman A and woman B. They're both around the same age, you know.
1: You ready to close? Yep. Better before these people get mad at us. (laughs) Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity to share the word it's always such a joy. And Father God, tonight, I, I think that you're, you're really dealing with us about this. And if anybody in this room is dealing with bitterness, and we all get the opportunity. Somebody's doing us wrong. We hear it all the time. That we'll give it to you, leave it alone, walk away. There's no reason to allow that stuff in our soul. Because you, you said in the word, do not fret. It only causes harm. And we choose not to fret or hang any anxiety about anything. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.